This is the blank space where we just fill it in with whatever we feel like. Damn straight, son. I'm not your son. You are not my son. This is a good thing. I don't want kids yet. <laughs> positive. <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty sure here. Hello, and everybody. I would like to welcome, welcome everybody back. back. <laughs> oh, you're, you're going to welcome them? I guess. All right. We both went cool. with cold I'll, open. I'll, I'm fine with that. Yep. Yep. Cool. I'll, no, you go ahead. You go ahead. Uh, This is uh, my brother, my, my brother, me. Um, A device no, show no, from the modern era. No. no. Oh, sorry. Okay, hold on. No, this is this is the better this is the better first season. That's that's what this is. First season of the blank space. What? They haven't had a season yeah. yet. I mean, it's like okay, so we have had seasons, but they're not as good. Ah. So that's why this is the better first season. Ah, I see. Mm-hmm. What's new and improved? Well, for one, I have a swanky new mic. Wow. Yeah, just just you know, the, all the accolades out so, there. I can I can is hear. That them. It? I mean, I think it's cool. I think it's cool too. My yes. good buddy here has a brand new microphone. Yes. Uh, but I guess I guess one question people might have is like, why? Well, why are we back? Why are you back, Drew? I had nowhere to go. Oh, I just lived I outside cap- for two years. Believable. <laughs> Believable. <laughs> wow, thanks. Mm-hmm. Well, I do know the reason why I'm back is because I realized it would never happen unless I just did it. Hmm. Can you expand on that? Yeah, yeah. So I've kind of come to the realization that I am never going to have time. (laughs) And the. Ever? Like ever, ever? Well, yeah, because no matter what, you're always going to have stuff that's getting in front of you and diverting you. So unless you make time for something, it's never going to get done. Because there's always going to be this new thing or something else is going to pop up or. You know, sometimes a Tinder date is going to be like, hey, you want to come over just before you start recording your newest season? And you're like, no, no, I made a promise to a friend. Hold on, hold on. And I'm going to commit. Time out, time out, time out, time out. Hold on. What? What? I think you know. (laughs) What? Did you you get distracted by something? Uh, Yeah, you know, something flew past my window. You know, just just something going 100 miles an hour. Um so do you do you have a am i keeping you from a fine young lady or man uh not that fine so it's okay (laughs) wow (laughs) great great start great start well i i like to think we're we're starting at 100 well i i think it's good that like you're making time for like a creative endeavor because honestly like I kind of feel the same way sometimes um, where like I, I have so much going on in my life at all points that like sitting down and doing something like semi-creative or semi like productive feels 
like good to do um like like recently i've been ha- I, I, I work like a normal nine to five job and like i got stuff to do on the weekends like errands and all that and i'm making time for like a social life and going to the gym and all this but like doing something fulfilling and creating like a creative endeavor is something that like i've i've been lacking in for a little while now i know yeah i i can agree with that 100 percent. it's one of the main reasons why i wanted to start this back up again actually it always feels nice to be able just to put something out into the world to be like hey i'm here i did a thing hey it might not be good because be honest we know what we are but it's something. It's something we get to have fun with, something we get to create, and something we get to work with. I know I always have some sort of side project that I'm working on, but I've always had a little special love for doing this podcast here, and being able to do it again, it feels nice. Yeah. It, I was, you know, I was thinking about it in the last couple of months, like, coming back to a podcast or coming back to some kind of creative endeavor because i mean I've, I've tinkered and stuff since then i've been tinkering with a lot of electronics and computer stuff um but like actually doing something creative like this it feels nice it feels nice and i know the last time i tried to throw something out into the world the police pointed at me and said what are you doing stop that oh god oh god stop oh okay uh do you Nope. Nope, not going to touch that. Gonna Just going to leave Ask that, me what that die on the set. What was it? I don't remember. I don't like you. <laughs> Why am I doing this with you? <laughs> it's in an evidence locker somewhere. I'm never going to find out what it was. Cool. But yeah, so like what, okay, sparked, so... You, what sparked doing it right now? Hmm. So, actually, funny enough, I did have a Tinder date. <laughs> All right, folks, uh, we're shutting who... this down. My boy needs to go out, meet some people. Um, it's been nice no, no, seeing no, all of you again. No, no hold I on. I appreciate hold all on. of you and love all of you. And Anthony needs to go love someone right now, so we're, we're calling it. No. Hold on, <laughs> hold on, son. Hold on, son. Here's the thing. Uh, it actually... I, it, it is... It was actually a Tinder date that I went on who was actually a very nice person and they were really cool and they were like one of those people that kind of, uh, it was a very cool conversation that I had with them. It was somebody I had met before and uh, we just happened to see each other again and it was just kind of like a nice little catch up thing and they kind of encouraged me to just pursue it again. It might be dumb and it might be stupid, but it just made me everything click in my head to be like, yeah, you know what? I am never going to have time to do these things. So I might as well make time for them. So what I'm hearing is you're doing this to impress a girl. <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, baby, I got a podcast. <laughs> I know that's how I get all the no. ladies. I tell them, man, you wouldn't believe it. I recorded... A couple episodes of a podcast two years ago. You should listen to it. Oh, I tell you what, I got myself like a whole Apple syndication here. <clears throat> tell me we're on Apple Podcasts. 
I mean, we are at this point in time. Maybe not at recording, uh, but after <laughs> recording for sure. Because I do have the syndication still. I'm making a note that we need to <laughs> we need to figure out Apple Podcasts before the next episode goes up. We need to to resubscribe to our our uh, SoundCloud subscription. Oh, wow! Can I start up my rap career while we're there? Can, 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 <laughs> sure. Can, can we do this? Like we put out a podcast every other week, and then the weeks we don't put out a podcast, I can make a rap. I'm not going to tell you no. Oh, no. I'm, I'm, I'm telling myself no. let nature decide. Oh, no. I'm telling myself no. Don't you worry. That's not happening. And no one's going to I was honestly okay with just, just nature letting that decide. What's Mother Nature going to come in and be like, yo, hit me with a fresh beat? And it's just going to slap you down. Basically. I have mm-hmm. no musical talent whatsoever, so I'm not. I'm not super worried about that. Actually, funny story about, um, like, mm-hmm. quote-unquote dates. Okay. So I matched with somebody on a dating uh, app that will go unnamed. Um, okay. And it was actually a girl from my middle school. And it was weird okay. because, like, I basically matched with her overnight. Like, I don't know, like, she had matched with me at some point and sent me mm-hmm. a message and I'd logged in the morning and it was gone. Like I tried to see what it was and already like, I don't know, unmatched, deleted her profile, something like that. So I'm like, oh, that sucks. Um, all I know was it was definitely like a girl I knew back in middle school. And then like I looked up and I was like, oh yeah, I have her Facebook. And then I had to make like the mental calculation of like, is it creepy to reach out to someone who unmatches you on a, on like a dating app? on facebook or on other platforms it feels weird to me i i mean i'm just pointing this out here i have gone out with somebody that asked me out over facebook Hmm. i mean tell me a story they were kind of crazy and it was fun for the week but that that did not that did not go anywhere i mean i can't imagine like Hmm. Well, let's put it this way. Let's let's let's. You got to pump up them rookie numbers you got right now, okay? We got it. We got to make sure that you you get yourself out there, okay? I need to get myself out there. Yeah, I mean, if they sent you a message, my my assumption is that they wanted to talk with you about something, and I don't know, they just deleted it for some other odd reason or whatever well how about this did you feel like uh okay, okay. What, do you, what do you think happened do you think i reached out do you think i didn't reach out i'm gonna guess that you did not reach out i did okay i reached out in person i drove to her house and she maced me mm. in her front yard that sounds appropriate and the six o'clock news showed up and said ah look at this boy Ah, so that's the case you were referring to. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's a different case. Oh, my God. Oh, so embarrassed. Uh, no, no, no. I reached out. I actually did. I was like, hey, how's it going? Weird question. Did you match me on here? It turns out it wasn't anything bad. It turns out that it was basically just like she had reached out and was like, hey, I remember you from middle school. 
And then she proceeded to get, like, a hundred messages of dick pics for, like, the next couple hours, so she deleted it. That is, uh, that is fair. Yeah, I feel like, that I feel like that's basically what I told her. I'm like, wow, that yeah, that sucks. I'm sorry about that. Um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah I, I caught up with her, though. It was nice. I haven't, I, I, like, she went to a different middle school. I mean, a different high school. So I didn't get a chance mm-hmm. to really talk to her after middle school too much. We kept up a little bit, mm-hmm. but, like, I don't know, by the time college came around, I think we forgot about each other. Yeah, that's fair. That's that's kind of how things go sometimes. <laughs> sometimes you end up talking with somebody, and they're, they're just, like, a cool person to chat with at the moment, and you just kind of drift apart, or some other things come up, and you just never catch up with each other. Nothing malicious behind it, but can I say, nothing really went anywhere. Can I say that is, like the thing i hate most in this universe that people just kind of okay. drift apart not like not like intentionally I don't, I don't hate that like people do that but like the fact that like i meet like really cool people in my life and unless like i maintain that relationship myself like it would just kind of drift apart naturally there's plenty of people in my life who like i would still love to be super close friends with but i don't know at this point it's been like i don't know like between like one and 20 years so it's one of those things where i'm just like well never mind i'm just not i can't i can't i can't relight that fire without seeming weird well here's the thing you're not weird by doing it because it's something i've done on occasion i mean shoot i did it with you what? <laughs> no we've talked every I mean, single day since we stopped this podcast and we have been the best of friends forever and ever i mean i remember for a point where we hadn't talked for like a good year or so and i just kind of came to the realization that happened i was like you know what i enjoyed talking with drew so i was like yo want to go to a diner sometime yeah and, you told and me then to... we just started chatting up again Yeah, and you saw me in the street in a box throwing up on the sidewalk and said hey drew let's go to a diner i'm like who are you what are you doing <laughs> please don't kidnap me hey you're not you're not worth the buck so you're you're safe yeah but like yeah and i appreciate the i appreciate like you reaching out to me like to rekindle that friendship i don't know it's something just weird in general where it's like i don't know i haven't talked to this person such a long time it would be weird to start something up now i don't know it's it's just one of those things that, like, the the longer the time goes, the harder it is to start that back up. I'm not saying anything no, profound I, I here. I really am not. But it's just one of those things of, like, I don't know. I don't know how to, I don't know how to, like, fix that short of just being really blunt of, like, hey, we used to be friends. Let's hang out. I mean, sometimes that's what it is. Mm-hmm. It it is awkward and it feels weird, but sometimes that's how you reconnect with people. It's literally just throw a message like, "Hey, would you want to meet up again?" And either it's like, "Yeah," or it's like, "I'm busy, I can't." Because they're probably not going to say no because nobody wants to say no. They're just like, "Oh no, I'm t- I'm all busy with life and I don't really have time. This is my real soft way of saying no." <laughs> I'm busy every day <laughs> from here until doomsday. Yeah, the bombs. Will, I mean, really, those the bombs will. Drop. Nobody's going to be like, "Wow, you're such a weirdo for like reaching out to me." That's 
Nobody's ever going to be like that. And if they are, I mean, you're just dodging bullets right there. I was about to say, I've had that happen. That's why it's like probably set in my brain. I've oh. like reached out to people and they're really? like, well, they're not necessarily that they were like, ew, weird, gross, but more that they were like, hey, we haven't talked in like five years. You're trying to talk to me now. Are you trying to sell me something or... I think that's I think that's a fair question though, because <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's a hundred percent. Tell me about this experience. Fair. No, 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 because uh, some people do get into like those multi-level marketing schemes and stuff like that. I mean, w- most of the time when people are trying to reach out to people that they haven't talked to in such a long time, it's. I mean, that's like a fifty-fifty shot that it's one of those. So you might as well get that out of the way. I want to start doing that, but like trying to sell them like things they already own like i want to go up to them and be like hey i know you're really really like distant to me like we haven't talked in a very long time but i'm trying to sell this like iphone 5s like you know you want to be interested um also i'm selling like a canon printer from like 2010 i'm just trying to get rid of it would you be interested come on uh, how about 20 bucks I mean, sure. What I'm saying is, Ant, that I restarted this podcast to sell you an iPhone 5S and a Canon printer. Would you be interested in either wow, of them? This is this is the longest con I've ever. It is been a perfectly with. functional uh, Canon printer. Um, I, I have taken the ink cartridges out of them because they are obviously worth the most. Um, um, the iPhone 5S I does thought... start, kind of. I thought what we had was special. Just like this Canon printer from 2010. It is very special. Oh, God. To me, personally, and that's why I've chosen you as its next designated um, guardian. Yeah, I can guarantee you that is going to 100% fail. Um, Unlike the printer, the, the printer time. will succeed 100% of the time printing out whatever you want as long as you buy the ink cartridges for it. In all fairness, I feel like those can be thrown from a two-story building and uh, still survive. They they were durable things. They could probably kill a cat. Aunt, do you have a story? No, that would be a sad story, and not one I would ever repeat. All right, we're going to drill down on this. So, Anthony, where were you on the night of... No. But yes, I am glad that we're doing this again, to bring, bring, it, bring it full circle through my many crimes and sins against society. Uh, I'm glad we're doing mm-hmm. this again. Yes. And we will not have an episode next week. Because Correct. we're we, gonna, uh, we will because we're canceling the podcast. <laughs> for our fourth season. I'm, yes, we're we're canceling it for another couple of years before we can come back with a better first season. It's just how it works. We got to recycle I'm doing. Recycle the tubes on the I'm internet. Doing, I'm doing my part. <laughs> but how we are going to do this is we are going to do this bi-weekly. That's the concept, right? We're going yeah. with? Mm-hmm. So we should have it up bi-weekly. So no worries there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, we do want to get into our first actual topic, though. We planned this. Uh, yeah, we have a Google Doc. That's how you know it's official. 
That's how all groups cooperate. I'm having trouble understanding. I'm in a box outside. It's very cold. I have a light blanket on that has a, a cute ship dog on it. I I think you're performing a bunch of lies and deceptions right now. How dare you? No. <laughs> Anthony, what would you like to talk about? I don't know. It's your topic. I'm not introducing Fuck it. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we discussed if we wanted to curse on this podcast, but you know, it's there now. I don't I don't think we did, but uh I mean, is it if it is it something that would get you fired from work? No, I've heard my boss say much worse things. Anyway, see, then we're fine. And I would like to talk to you about video games. Okay. Do you like video games? Yeah, as like a general concept. As as a nebulous topic video games mm-hmm. i mean the reason the reason i'm bringing it up i i can't honestly remember i have like something in the back of my mind that we might have already talked about telltale games a little bit not not the most recent stories about them but i feel like we talked about their games at some point and i'm really interested to go back okay. and kind of like discuss what, what what's happened with telltale games and the interesting story they have um, have you have you okay. played any of their games, Ant? Not recently. I did watch the original Walking Dead, though. Mm. The the game. The, the the video game. Yeah. Well, okay. So here's the thing, right? For some narrative games, I find it's better to watch like a personality play them than to actually play them myself. See, I'm not gonna argue it because I think. I think some of those games are definitely more conducive to watching than actually playing. But at the same Mm -hmm. time, part of the reason why they went out of business was because of that. (laughs) I I feel like, (laughs) I feel like they were making games that weren't necessarily like conducive to playing, even though like out of the games I've played of theirs, I've had a, a great time actually like going through them. Um, I've played the entirety of The Walking Dead Season 1, Batman, the Telltale game. I plan on playing the sequel as well. And I've also Mm -hmm. played some of the older games that they made, like the Homestar Runner one and the Back to the Future one. I haven't played all all of those games, but um, I haven't completed all those games. But I enjoy my time immensely with them. They're, They're kind of the perfect group game. You're not wrong about that. I, I do agree. I, I think, feel like one of the biggest issues they had is that they did too many things at the same time. I feel like that was more of their issue that they had. Well, before we continue, let's talk about like why why we would be referring to them in the past context. Even though, like, I don't know if, like, this is probably most people know about this at this point. Anyone who knows about video games know about this. But to fill in anyone who doesn't know... Um, Telltale Games was a game company that essentially made video games that were kind of like movies. They were interaction they were like interactive movies in a way where like most of the game mm-hmm. would play out by itself and you would have you would choose pivotal moments in the game to to make a decision for a character. There were some sections of like you walking around and doing like adventure games kind of content but um 
for the most part, it was just kind of watching the story unfold and then choosing from there. Um, mm-hmm. And unfortunately, they're not around anymore, Telltale Games. They went bust, like, I think it was at the beginning of this year? 2019? Yes. The year of our Lord, 2019? Yes, they did. I think it, it was earlier in the year, yeah. for sure. Um, they, they apparently, I mean, I've, I've seen multiple documentaries about them at this point, but apparently it was a money issue all the time. Like, they did not have adequate funding for what they were trying to do, which was, like, develop, like, three to four to five games at once. It was absurd. Um, if, if there's yeah. anything... I feel like I'm gonna recommend them more heavily in the future. But if you if you want to sit down and watch the Telltale documentary, uh, the Telltale documentary on NoClip, uh, the YouTube channel NoClip, it is fantastic. It goes over the before, the during, and the aftermath of like what happened to everyone included. Which, I mean, the studio just went bust one day, and like hundreds of people has had no job. It was absurd. Yeah, it's kind of a weird thing to think about is that a company was had all these things going for them and then suddenly bam. They had deals with they're gone the HBO, next day. with Disney. They had deals with um uh what's it called? The Walking Dead was like one of their like staple brands that they kept developing on. Uh Bat- the Batman license was a part of theirs as well. Like they they had immense potential, but they just kept like I don't know, like, I'm just mismanaging their funds. Yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting to hear about, for sure. Yeah. Just knowing that uh, you can have such, what had started to become a staple of the industry itself to just suddenly close on out because they didn't keep their finances well. Yeah, tell me, Mr. Finance. <laughs> mm, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pretend that I. I'm an authority on this. At what all. What are you talking about? <laughs> Last time I saw you, you were in a monop- monopoly Manhattan a monocle. Just because I study business does not mean I can give you a full analysis of of why this company had taken a dive. I mean, the the main thing is it just it overstretched. It couldn't. It started cannibalizing its own business as well, which was not good because its sales were falling per game. But they're also releasing games over top of each other. They had they kept a, a release schedule, which was kind of cannibalizing itself in a way. Yeah. Um. It's it's interesting. I, I recommend anyone listening to this podcast to just seek out documentaries about Telltale Games because. It's a super interesting story, like, everything leading up to it during and the aftermath. But I guess the topic I wanted to talk about primarily is, like, what's happened in the aftermath of everything to the games themselves? Because, like, honestly, Telltale had a lot going for them leading up to their closure. They had just put out Mm -hmm. Batman Chapter 2, or whatever it was. I think it was called Batman telltale series joker or something whatever season two of the the game was um and people were saying like this is like some of the best batman storytelling that they've ever seen like this is this is falling into a good niche of what people want from batman um the wolf among us 2 was coming out and wolf among us 1 is one of the like crowning jewels of the 
of the studio itself. Like everyone loved Wolf Among mm-hmm. Us. And then they were also releasing like the finale to their Walking Dead series, which was like Beloved. It, well, somewhat, but like it's what got them started. It's what got it's, it's what got people interested in Telltale games. Before that, that people were like, oh, you know, like they're the guys who make that Back to the Future game, or they're the guys that made um, that Homestar Runner game. That was cute. But like what, the Walking Dead season one is like what put them on the map. And the crazy thing about that is like since they closed so abruptly and they have so much debt owed to other people you just kind of can't play a lot of their games anymore. Right. You, you can't buy them anywhere, if I was correct. No. Right? Well, not all of them. I won't say all of them. There are still plenty of their games that you can buy. Um, uh, the Walking Dead games, I think a few of them are on Epic Game Store, and one. Or, I think one of them is still on Steam or something like that. Um, Wolf Among Us is still on Steam. The Batman series is. But there's just a wide like range of them, at least at the time of recording right now, that you just can't buy. You can't get. Mm-hmm. And it and sure there are some stinkers in there. There's like the Game of Thrones series, but like there's some genuinely good games blocked off because that people can't buy anymore from their catalog. It it it, it puts me in a weird spot where like at some point in the future, I'm going to want to tell someone like, hey, you should really play this game. You should really play like The Walking Dead Season 1 or you should really play the Batman series. And there's a good chance that people just will not be able to play those games. True, true. Yeah, that does kind of make it difficult. It, it does kind of make you think about um, how what should happen with kind of older games you know uh, should there be some sort of like way to get them all saved up or there should be a method of accessing older games and such that are that ips aren't being kept up with yeah and i mean honestly piracy has been like the option for that when games go defunct you just kind of mm-hmm. have to like you just kind of have to turn to the darker side of the web yeah, I mean, if after all, right? If you can't buy something legally, and it's something legal to own, well, why shouldn't you have access to it? Yeah, it's it. Well, it's, it, well, it's not even necessarily that because that almost sounds like kind of entitlement to it. Like I deserve to play this game, but like, I I can I can see it easily falling to the wayside of like there are these game. There's this whole games company that a large portion of their library is just inaccessible to anyone who really wants to play it and experience what they had to offer. There's, there's writers like, mm-hmm. like passion projects that are hidden away in a vault somewhere. And I'm not even talking about telltale at this point. Like there's, there's, there's instances. I, I went down a rabbit hole the other day of like abandoned games where it's just, you can't find these games anywhere. Um, one mm-hmm. of them, which is crazy to me, is Silent Hill 2. Wait, what? Silent Hill 2 was released for the PS2 and the and the portable and personal computer PC. Um, 
at like I don't know I think it was the early 2000s maybe late 90s I forget when exactly and since then it has been increasingly harder and harder to buy that game um, to the point where I think the only way you can legally buy it now is through the HD collection that Konami put out but the problem mm-hmm. there is that the HD collection broke large portions of that game it changed like textures. I think it redid a lot of the voice lines and made the reading like worse from what it was originally. Like it missed the intent of a lot of the voice acting. Um, graphically, the game is kind of a mess. Like Silent Hill is known for its fog to make it like a creepy, eerie town. The HD collection kind of like I forget if they removed it or if they made it so that you can see like much, much further in the game. But it it. It's weird to think that, like, a pivotal game like Silent Hill 2 is almost impossible to play these days in, a, in like, a, in, like, um, in, like, um, I don't know what the word would be, like, um, like a market way to buy it. Like an, like an accessible way to buy the game. And since then, I mean, people have picked up, like, the people picked up the pieces and just kind of made a game that people can play now. Um, there's this mm. whole passion project called Silent Hill 2 Enhanced Edition, which is basically the game that was released on PC, touched up for modern systems and like the graphics were touched up. Like everything was kind of like brought up to snuff for these days and made it run on modern systems. When the company that owns this isn't doing anything with it. Yeah, I I understand that. I know one game that I had always loved when I was younger was a game called Tides of War. And it is probably the best uh, sea fighting game I've ever played. But given the fact that it was made by a very small studio, and honestly the game was never po- that popular, it's just dead. There's no way to buy it. There's no way to access it. There's no way you can really even get it unless you're going to risk downloading it off of some sketchy site online. And even then, it might it still might might not work, and you're relying on some stranger online that uh, is not profiting from it to give you something free. Yeah. And that's just like, hmm, I'm going to get a virus from this, aren't I? Things that make you go... <laughs> Yeah, it, it's it's crazy to think that they're, like, game preservation and, like, preservation of media in general is a difficult topic because it brushes up against basically the company that owns the property. Mm-hmm. Um, and you do kind of get that that mix of, of between, well, this is my intellectual property, but also if a, per, if a company is not maintaining that property and they're just letting it die... And people outside of that company don't want to let it die. It's like, well, what do you do in this situation? Especially when there is not money there to be able just to purchase it. Purchase the property itself. Yeah. And if the company's even willing to sell the property. And that's the craziest thing. Like, with this Telltale game story and just games being lost in general is like, we live in a day and age where digital video game distribution is extremely easy it is extraordinarily Mm -hmm. easy to just throw your game up on any store and just be like hey here you go play it and i mean all you need to do is like well okay 
I won't I won't say it would be easy because anytime I've ever learned about programming or video game development or anything, nothing's easy. But I feel like Correct. you could pay like an intern or two and just say, hey, make this game work on modern systems and give them like a month or two and just be like, here you go. I I disagree with that notion. Why? I think you actually need to get somebody that's pretty skilled at what they're doing to be able to get that up there. But I mean, if, if a company wanted to do the bare minimum for that. I mean, you're I, right. If they at least wanted to get the files up, I guess you're yeah, right. Yeah, because I mean, I obviously you can you have a wide range of what you can do. You can be uh, Sony remastering the medieval game from PS1 to PS4. Mm-hmm. Redoing all the textures and like pulling the original audio files and making the game the best it can be. But also, if you're just a company who has, I don't know, Jill of the Jungle in their property that's like, (laughs) hey, I just want to sell this to someone. I'll put it up on Steam for like $2. Just make sure it works on Windows 10. It's like, all right, cool. So wait, what is is Jill of the Jungle? Oh, I'm glad you asked. I've been waiting a millennium to talk about Jill of the Jungle. No, it's um... It's this DOS game that came out back in, like, the early 90s that was, like, a game on a floppy disk. It was this platformer, mm-hmm. like, an action game. I don't know. This might not be the best example because I don't know if you can buy this game. You might be able to. I don't know. But it's such an old game, and I've never seen it for sale anywhere that, like, my bet is no one's done anything with it. But it's so it's so okay. old that, like, putting making it work on a modern system might be a bit of a challenge but if they paid someone to just put that game on gog or steam or epic game store or something just to be like hey here's the game we made back in the 90s it runs on windows 10 have at it i got you i think companies are missing out on like companies are missing out on a prime opportunity to just have these games back out there. And I'm sure there's licensing problems and there's probably somewhere tied up in the court system. Like who owns the rights to this? Like, like GoldenEye. GoldenEye is a, a, a spider's web of who owns that game. It's part Nintendo mm-hmm. and part Rare and part Microsoft now and part the James Bond estate. Like it, it's so tied up that I imagine that game would be difficult, but I imagine there's just a lot of games that are sitting out there that could just be updated from modern systems. They don't even have to do anything to it. They just have to make sure it runs and then just release it. Hell, DOSBox is a is a thing. We could just release Jill of the Jungle with on DOSBox and be like, all right, cool, the game works. Pay us $2 and there you go, you play it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy to me. And, uh... I mean, I guess bring it back to Telltale. Like, I know it's all tied up in legal mumbo jumbo, but I'm surprised that like all the work this company put into these games has a good chance at this point of just being lost. Just being like, well, no one cares enough to bring it back to a digital platform. So, yeah, it is just kind of interesting to just kind of see that that it's just kind of gonna it might fall to the wayside or. It might just be something that, since it's currently in, like, legal, um, 
I guess, legal hell at the moment since like the bankruptcy filings are still going through. If I'm correct, yeah. I right? mean, the company is still they're still sorting that out. Trouble forming. Yeah, so it might just be something that takes a little time to get into, but it does make you think: at what point can the games that you've purchased or the games that you're looking forward to just kind of end? It's kind of with like all type of show. It's kind of like an issue with like all types of media, really. Because any show can just stop abruptly. I mean, anybody uh, that has ever enjoyed Firefly <laughs> will uh, <laughs> will tell you that, uh, yeah, things just end sometimes. Yeah. And you got to deal with it. And you can't really get it back. But even then, I mean, you could still buy the seasons of, of that show, right? Yeah, you can, you can. It's still for sale everywhere. But, I mean, you have stories of, like, stuff like um, Dawn of the Dead. Like... Dawn of the Dead is near impossible to buy in a retail version these days. A, a very mm-hmm. important movie from George Romero, like one of the founding bedrocks for zombie movies, you can't buy from a store anywhere. But you know what? I guess the question kind of comes down to is, do enough people care for somebody to do go for it you know that's the thing like i i will always argue that there needs to be there needs to be evidence that this piece of art existed because i guess i guess the point you can make towards telltale games is there's a lot of trash in their library i mean the game of thrones one i think is the one that people point to is like the worst game that they developed because the story started out strong it started out like a game of thrones story mm-hmm. and then just de- de- devolved into well something you'd see in season eight but we won't get into that but <laughs> it, but it, but that game in particular like it even though it's not great i still want the option to be there to buy it someday i don't want it to go away and sure it's harder with like print media if you want to make a book of something mm-hmm. or if you want to make a, a dvd or a blu-ray of something but with mm-hmm. digital platforms these days i would be very interested to see what licensing costs would be for someone to just throw up like um jill of the jungle on steam or something like that to say like here's this old game that isn't tied up in some kind of legal mumbo jumbo and we're just going to throw it up on a digital platform. And sure, we're not going to get a, um, a million sales out of it on day one. But we're going to get some sales out of it. Someone's going to remember this from their childhood and pick it up. Yeah, but I guess the question is, is that, uh, is it actually worth the time, though, for every single one of their titles? For every single one of everything in their back catalog? I mean, I, I, I would agree with you. With the fact that I think it's good for retention-wise and academic-wise, just being able to have that stuff there. But from a company perspective, no. From yeah, a business perspective, this is no, more it like, doesn't make any sense. Because I imagine, like, you put up a game for four or five years, sales stop trickling in at a point. But I guess my argument, I will argue a lot of time towards a company because at the end of the day the the media the, the entertainment they make or the product they make does need to earn them a profit mm-hmm. 
But I feel like in the games industry, in the movie industry, television, books, music, everything. Yeah. It's it's a piece of art. It's a piece of culture that you're kind of withholding from people. And sure, there is like an argument to be made, well, like, why would we sell it if we're not making any money? But there is a demand there for some of these games. Like, like hell, if you had asked me a couple of years ago if there was a demand for the original Star Wars TIE Fighter games to come out, it's like, well, no, why would we want that? We have, like, space-age technology now to make actual flight sims in space. We've got this crazy game mm. called No Man's Sky coming out. It's going to be great. But, like, but I, I would have been proven wrong because Star Wars TIE Fighter, like, sold sold gangbusters on GOG when it came out. People bought hmm. it in droves. So well maybe not like I guess I guess a good solution might be like the um might be like a timed release. Be like, hey, we're releasing this game from this month to this month. If you buy it then, cool. If you don't, it's not gonna be available for a while. I feel like GOG is kind of a good um is a good medium for that and for those that don't know it's one of those retailers that does sell some of the older games it does uh i'm not really sure how they obtain uh some of the older licenses and stuff like that but uh they take a lot of games and they make them runnable well most of them are runnable uh i think that's actually a and... thing that they do they, they, they make sure every game is runnable that they run that they launch on their platform true i mean they try to at least <laughs> but yeah they they do definitely take these older games and they make them usable on newer systems and such which i think is great and i i feel like it would be a perfect medium to get things like you know the original command and conquer or the the older red alert games or something like that up until recently you could not buy world i'm not world worker you could not buy warcraft one outside of tracking down a cd copy of it on ebay or amazon and mm -hmm. playing the game the initial game of one of the largest mmos to ever be released you can't buy well well yeah okay changing that slightly now you can sort of but like up until like a year ago you couldn't so like i i i understand the argument for like why would Jill of the Jungle be released again today where I'm probably the only person who would pay money for it? But mm -hmm. I feel like if if that's the case, somebody is excited for a game to be re-released. Somebody is going to go out and buy this game. So, okay, here's a perfect example. So when I was a kid, there was this game I played, me and my sister would play, called Space Colony. It was a it was okay. a game where essentially you would build a base. It was a mix between like SimCity and The Sims itself. So um, mm -hmm. it was a mix. It was basically you build a space station um, out on some planet, and you need to manage like power, food, happiness. The people in the station are all the personality. Like they're they're not just like blank people. They're they're actually like characters in the world. Um, and mm -hmm. the game, I, I mean, I can't say if it's still great. <laughs> I haven't played it in a couple of years, but when I was a kid and playing this game, I loved it. It was amazing. And 
uh, for the longest time, the only way you could ever buy it is through finding an old CD that worked for it. And a couple of years ago, they re-released it on Steam. Like, they put a version of up on Steam that was updated for modern systems and had modern resolutions. And that's all they mm. did. They didn't have to, like, make retexture the entire game or redub the lines. It was just like, hey, we made it work on modern systems. And I paid full price for it. And I had a good time with it. So, while not every game probably would be, a, a like, a bestseller... I think it's worthwhile for any company to look into their back catalog and see like, Hey, maybe we should print this. Hey, maybe we should find a way to yeah. put this in people's hands. I mean, sometimes even just older version of games can be quite popular. Uh, for ex for example, uh, a huge MMO world of Warcraft uh, has a huge following and there's actually a significant portion of it that is willing to pay for older versions of the game just so they can have that nostalgia again and have that older feel from what they're playing right now some would see it as a downgrade but others see it as this is the game that that's the game that i wanted to play and mm -hmm. a significant portion of that community uh, not a huge one but it's enough that it's worthwhile for the company to do ha has an older version of their game running yeah, I would be right. super interested to see like how well Blizzard is doing with WoW Classic. I feel like they're probably doing super mm -hmm. well. Like a ton of people log a ton of people logged into that first day to replay a game from their childhood. And while not everyone mm -hmm. came back from month two or month three or month four, but like they had still a steady player base that wanted to keep playing this game. So I guess at the end of the day, mm -hmm. Telltale, find a way to print your games. Somebody wants to play them. <laughs> I do in a, in a capacity. Not every one of them, but I want to play some of them. Yeah. Well, Drew, I think this was a, a pretty good first run that we had. What are you talking about? This is our 17th run. We've tried to record this podcast every day for two years. I sat down in he my chair here, and know. I'm like, oh, god damn it. He wants to try it again. Okay, let's see if we can make this happen. First of all, you were, you were just telling conflicting stories. You were in a box earlier. I, but look, I, I bought a chair from the money we earned by recording you? this podcast currently. Whoa, I'm whoa, being whoa, paid whoa. We... per minute I'm talking. Uh, No? Yeah, check your bank account. You, <laughs> <laughs> you rascal. How dare you. All right. Well, hey, this was the blank space. We filled it in with and something. Something. With dead games. <laughs> Woo! And the joy of creation. <laughs> I'm not stopping. <laughs>